Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Wednesday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. And as always, my producers, G. Hey, Wiley and Armani Buckets, how are we doing on this glorious parade Wednesday? So I just wanted to shout out, I know I love the fact that the parade is happening. I just wanted to shout out that I unfortunately just lost an amazing soul in Michael Morissetti. He uh, was the GM of Strand House in lovely Manhattan Beach with the best view in Manhattan Beach. So I just wanted to shout out to him and his family right now um, that we lost an amazing, amazing soul on Monday um, in M- Michael Morissetti. Other than that, I'm amazing and wonderful and can't wait for the parade. Sorry to hear about that. Uh, condolences to his family. The parade, you know, it's unfortunate because I, I don't know if any of us are going. But I mean, <laughs> what a what a beautiful yesterday was was very very bleak out here in Southern California. It was gloomy, but we got a good day today. So good day to have the parade. Yeah. So the parade going on right now. Um, wrapping up um, with the rally in front of the Coliseum. It was. Um, Listen, here's the thing. I, I think this parade here is something that Los Angeles needs. It's something, you know, like even if you're not a hardcore Rams fan, I mean, it, there's, this is like an excuse to get out, have a good time, celebrate the Rams being Super Bowl champions. Fun fact, and I did not know this until I, I looked it up. Today is the first parade Los Angeles has had for the Super Bowl champions. When the Raiders won the Super Bowl back in 1984, they were too cheap apparently to have a parade. Because what it is is the city, um, you know, they, they pay for half of it. And usually the team pays for the other half. The Raiders did not want to pay their half. So they didn't get a parade. They got a rally in front of City Hall. That rally um, drew just 10,000 people. Um, almost half of the Raiders team apparently did not even show up for the rally. So little fun fact, because I always think it's interesting when people say, this is a Raiders town. And I'm not saying that there's not Raiders fans here, but um, we got to we gotta put things in context. Well, let's, let's not put them in the same category as the Lakers and the Dodgers, because those were some of the best parades when I was a kid. Looking forward to that. Again, this is not like that. We are still, you know, technically in COVID. Although Wednesday, today is the first day uh, the mask mandate is done for the outdoor. You don't have to wear a mask outdoors. And I think indoors in the state of California. Uh, so now it's up to the counties. And hopefully Los Angeles County will follow suit and be aligned with the uh, state. Um, listen, here's here's the thing about the Rams. I think this is such a big moment for them in Los Angeles. I think when you win a championship, you're a part of the fabric of the city. I think champions really kind of speak to this town. We are a very fickle town, a very kind of what have you done for me lately. But if you're a competitive team, if you're a championship team, the city will gravitate towards you. I think that's what helped. Historically speaking, when you when you talk about sports in Los Angeles, you know, why are the Lakers so popular? Why are the Dodgers so popular? Um, because they came here and they won. And, and so what, what, what the Rams can do, they can only do so much in six years. I mean, people have to really remember that they've only been back 
for six years. And they, they really lost all of whatever foothold they had in Los Angeles. They lost all that during their 21 years in St. Louis. So this is a work in progress. So, you know, I, I think you, you can have some people mistakenly compare the crowd size of a Rams parade to a Dodgers parade or a Lakers parade. That's ridiculous. You can't compare the 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 fan base of, of those two teams to the Rams. But this is a step in the right direction. This is a step in the right direction for a franchise that is here for, for the long term. You know, I, I know when you look at the history of the Rams, they began in Cleveland, moved to Los Angeles, moved to Anaheim, moved to St. Louis, and now they're, they're back. They're not going anywhere. I mean, you know, when you talk about SoFi Stadium, $5.5 billion cathedral palace of professional football, I mean, that that team is here, and they are here to stay. And so um, a good a good day in Los Angeles uh, your guys' thoughts on kind of, you know, what this means for the Rams, again, beginning to be Los Angeles' team. And I and I still contest that right now if you were to poll Los Angeles, you know, not look at crowd sizes, not, you know, I mean, if you were to poll Los Angeles, I think the majority of the Los Angeles, you know, the, is if they're not Rams fans, they are, they are like, listen, if, if, if I had to pick a team, I'm going to support the Rams. You want to support – the local team. But, I mean, I really think today is a significant day. I mean, the fact that people are already lining up, you know, early in the wee hours of the morning in order to just to go to this parade uh, shows a little shows volumes of what L.A.'s fan base can be, right? I mean, for a team that, let's get real, has really only been back in L.A., quote-unquote L.A., for six years because the Rams were in St. Louis for over 20 years and they were in Anaheim, not LA for for prior to that. So this is brand new. This is brand new that the the Rams are in LA. Uh, for those that think that they were in LA the whole entire time that they were in California, they were not. So um, th- this is great that people are already lining up. They're already um, I've read reports and watched the news that people are already lining up for this. So it just shows you that you know what everybody loves a winner in LA. So I think that uh, you know th- this is only a future of things to come. You know, if they keep winning, then this is LA will continue to support. So I'm looking forward to at least watching it kind of in the background, <laughs> um, uh, you know, on my phone and, you know, yeah, no, listen, I mean, I mean, they're, they're about to head to the rally right now. Again, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's a fun day. It's a day for the fans. People have to remember this is a day for the fans out there. And again, as you mentioned, GK, early in the morning, they were already lined up. Um, you know, it, it was cold out there in the morning, but now as we, um, are a little bit past 12 uh, noon here. It's warming up. The sun's coming out. It's just a good day to have a parade, a good day to celebrate Los Angeles sports. I was hopeful that, you know, the Lakers and Dodgers would have a little bit of involvement, but I, I get it. Listen, I mean, certainly if you're at the Lakers right now, I don't know if there's a whole lot to celebrate, but LeBron put that out there. It's, it's, it's not me or the fans out there. Like LeBron mentioned that, Mookie Betts mentioned that, Justin Turner mentioned that. But Armand, what what do you think this does for the sort of the next generation of fans? I mean, I mean, this is what the Rams are trying to do. They have a lost generation of fans, but I think when you talk about them attracting new fans, it's going to take moments like this where you win the Super Bowl, 
you have an exciting postseason run. The postseason run happens in your backyard. It happens in Los Angeles. So they, they won the conference championship game at SoFi. They won the Super Bowl here. Um, and then now they have their parade here. I think these are the moments that they can really um, attract a new fan base, a fan base that did not grow up with a team here. I think it's obviously a step, a huge step in the right direction. The, the thing that I'm looking forward to to see how this fan base sticks, you're not going to be a Super Bowl contender every year. So how do they react in a, it's not seven and nine anymore, seven and 10 in a seven and 10 season? How does the fan, how do the fans react? Do they still pack SoFi Stadium with, let's say a majority Rams fans, or does it become where the opposing team basically gets a home game in a road environment? What kind of atmosphere will we see in that situation? The, the biggest thing is also on top of that, this this whole week leading up to the Super Bowl, the Cincinnati Bengals fans were out and about in, in our neck of the woods. I saw so many Bengals fans traveling yeah. to the Super Bowl. Now, that was a point of emphasis when the Rams played the Patriots in the Super Bowl a few years back. And I'm curious to see now if the Rams had a big playoff game on the road next season. Do we hear any Rams fans in the crowd? I, I don't think we're there yet. But like when you talk about the... I know it's a, it's a long way to go from being a marquee franchise in the NFL, but the marquee franchises, the Steelers, the Cowboys, obviously they've been there for much, much longer. But this is Los Angeles, and if you, if you build a fan base, will that fan base travel to you know New Orleans for a playoff game? Will we I see anything like that? I think personally, Armani, I think that if the Rams are always in contention, like, uh, and this is what I mean by always winning, I think if the Rams are always in contention um, and they're over – 500 and they're you know they're not the jeff fisher rams or anything like that i think rams fans will warm up to the idea of like hey let's support our team you know we don't always have you know a a, an almost or like an a a, like certain fans that are like you know what la for life you know so i think that if they contend for at least a playoff spot i think that rams fans will come I don't think that I don't know if they're going to travel in droves. I know that they'll probably you'll see them trickle here and there. Um, but the fact that they've only been here for six years, right? It's going to take some time. Like Arash said, it's going to it's it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be one of those things where like maybe it, you got to be here for twenty years, man, in order for them to be like you know what? At least they're here to stay. You know, they were here my whole entire life, kind of thing. So I think if once that happens, and they're also vying for a a championship or at least the playoffs every single year or every other year, I, I think fans will say, I think fans will travel and I think fans will, will be committed to them. Yeah. You know, because this is going to take time. And when, when, when the Rams came back to Los Angeles, the number one thing that I said was that you cannot be gone from a market from, for 21 years and pick up where you left off. I mean, uh, initially, originally, I said, if you're gone for 21 years, it's going to take that long for you to get back to where you were b- before. What can fast track that? What can make you sort of more b- beloved is to win. And that's quite frankly, I'm not going out on a limb here. People know that with Los Angeles. And in fact, I think that that drove the moves that the Rams made. This Rams team was meant to win now. Why? Because they have to win now. If they don't win now, you know, gee, you brought this guy up, Jeff Fisher, and he was a, you know, no knock on him as a man. But listen, as a coach, he was Mr. 7-9. and nine. So you can't 
come to Los Angeles and expect to draw fans when you're seven and In fact, the first year back, I think they, they were either four and twelve or two and fourteen or something. I think they were four and twelve. That was so depressing because they packed the Coliseum for the first preseason game. They packed the Coliseum for the first regular season game. And as the season wore on, it was like, why am I going through all this trouble to watch a four and twelve team? So you have to win. Um and 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 if they do that consistently, as you mentioned, that's what you have to do. I'm not saying you have to win a championship every year. Obviously, championships help, but the, the Dodgers, the their popularity stems from a they've won championships, but b they're always in contention. You can always expect them to be, you know, when they put out the odds for who's going to win the, the World Series, they're in you know the top five. Sometimes they're the the, the top pick now. You you have to win like every now and again. You, you you like like we talked about the Rams going into the Super Bowl. It's not good enough just to get there, you know, because we saw what happened a couple of years ago when they went to the Super Bowl and they lost to the Patriots. I mean, the the manner in which they lost to the Patriots, thirteen to three, it, it really left a bad taste in people's mouths. So they had to win. They had to win the way that 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 they did against. Cincinnati, and then to do it at home, I thought was really significant too. Um, speaking of winning in a team that, that that's trying to win right now, the Lakers tonight are going to be playing at uh, Crypto.com Arena, their last game before the All-Star break, and they are going up against the Utah Jazz. The Jazz are uh, favorites uh, tonight, uh, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Lakers are 26-31, and 31, most likely – you know, depending on what happens tonight, will likely be 26 in 32. It is so clear that the pieces on this team don't fit. It is so clear that there is a move that that should have been made or had to have been made. But Armani Buckets, uh, you listen to a podcast of my former colleagues, Ramona and Brian Winhorst. Um, I want to get your thoughts on it because they mentioned something that is not shocking if you really think about it. The the one of the big takeaways is that the big three for the Lakers this season, the big three that that that, that does not seem to fit, will in all likelihood return next year. Now, the reason that's not shocking to me is they have unmovable contract. Now, LeBron, you don't you're you're not trying to move on from LeBron, and Anthony Davis, you're not trying to move on from him. So the question is, you know. They're really gonna bring back Russell Westbrook. Well, he's making forty-seven million, forty-seven million dollars, and I don't think they're gonna just cut him. Um, so, I'm not shocked by it. I know it's not what fans want to hear, but what did you think? Take away from the fact that listen, it does sound like the big three, and again, the, the pieces around the big three are, are for sure gonna change, but. The big three, the the this mismatched big three will likely return next season. So uh, a, a lot of thoughts came to mind, but most prominently, the the thought that I had is we might have a Ben Simmons standoff situation where this just drags on into the off season, maybe even into July and August, where you just have constant rumors and changings of opinions. Where oh, the big three is going to stick together; they want to move Westbrook. And then you have stuff like the Stephen A thing the other day where, well, they should try to trade Anthony Davis because he's their best asset. There's going to be a ton of rumblings like that 
I think up until, you know, through free agency and into August probably. But like you said, Arash, there is no easy way out of a Russell Westbrook contract. LeBron, from everything that we've seen, and they mentioned this in the podcast, he this is the first time since his rookie deal that he has not had a player option on his deal. LeBron wants to be here. Anthony Davis is really the only trade chip that they have, and yeah. we have no inclination that they would be willing to entertain trading him. So what you're looking at is, yeah, it's the same. It's going to probably be the same nucleus of guys. And the thing is, I don't think Laker fans have fully realized that point. I think that they yeah. are tired of this team. They definitely <laughs> exactly. don't like this team. I mean, I'm not a Laker fan myself, but I would assume that this has to be probably their least favorite team other than maybe the Dwight Nash it's team. Right up there. It's right I mean, there. you can't get much more annoying than this team has been. And so when you take that into consideration, Genie as the owner is going to have a crossroads where it's like Rob and Kurt Rambis and the, and the management want to do one thing. They want to, you know, not mortgage the future, but then you have LeBron and Davis and Westbrook who are like, no, no, no. If you just make this tweak and this tweak and no. this tweak, or maybe I should say LeBron and Davis by themselves <laughs> are saying, if you change this. So who is Jeannie going to side with? I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing here is that this was the team LeBron wanted. And so they're essentially telling him to sit in the mess that he made. It's not, it's not like they would not do something if they could. The, I, I guess the big surprise for me is if they are really not making a move because they want to hang on to this 2027 first round pick. That's five years from now. We, we, are, we are here in 2027. And the reason that I think that that's hilarious is a, of course, the hope is that you're going to be a good team in 2027. You hope that you're not, you know, that's not a top 10 pick, although it could be. The other thing is, like, you're you're still having LeBron playing, like, peak LeBron. And I, I know he's not, like, at his peak right now. But this is effectively like Tom Brady. Like, like it's not like he's fallen off a cliff. It, it, he, he's still one of the top players in the league, top five. I mean, there's some nights where I'm like, he's still the, the, the best player so you have to figure out a way during this window to surround him with a team that can win. Um, the THT situations, they, they, they could have traded him for like a really good player a year ago, and now he's fallen off. And I'm not saying that he can't reclaim his old self. I mean, he's still young, but you know this package of like Westbrook and THT and like a first-round pick, it just, you know, it's – you would have thought that that would have gotten them something. And then the other thing that I think is really concerning for Laker fans as well is this um, this luxury tax. Like, I mean, a franchise like the Lakers worried about the luxury tax. I mean, come on, you know. And then they 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 have to pay Monk. I mean, it, the whole thing is a mess right now. Yeah, that's uh, the the Monk thing is interesting as well because you have a guy that they signed on a great deal great value and now you're going to have to pay him as well and and apparently the reason why they didn't want to make the rockets trade with John Wall for Russell Westbrook is that they didn't want to take on any more additional salary they didn't want to dig into the luxury tax you have a team on the other side of town in the Dodgers who is willing to go above yeah. and beyond to chase championships and then the Lakers 
You cannot run the Lakers like a mom and pop shop. This exactly. is embarrassing. I mean, you have teams willing to go deep into the luxury tax. The Lakers have no excuse to not be in the luxury tax every season. I don't oh, yeah. care if you're terrible. You're the Lakers. You're a corner. You're a franchise that is literally the face of the NBA, and you don't want to spend a little bit of extra money to win. I mean that that was one of the most depressing things. I mean, they really should have kept Caruso, and it was because of the luxury tax. They did not keep a player that. For the contract he wanted and for the contract that they could have signed him at, it was an absolute joke and an embarrassment that they let Caruso walk for nothing, essentially over the luxury tax. And you want to talk about embarrassing, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic when they uh, applied for, you know, help there too. I mean, it's it just the whole thing is like a bad look. And and um, you, you just hope that when you are on a team with LeBron – in Anthony Davis, and I'll throw in Westbrook, but like you have to spend to make this a championship contending team. Um, before we uh, head to the break, I want to give the, the um, hotline number if you guys want to call in with a opinion. That number is 310-400-0340. That number again, 310-400-0340. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we are going to hear from some of the world champion Los Angeles Rams here on their parade day right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and the fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And now a word from our newest sponsor, NordVPN. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe. That's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Do it now. And now... Let's go back to the show. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. It is parade day in Los Angeles. The uh, Rams celebrating their Super Bowl championship first Super Bowl parade in Los Angeles' history. That's right. The Raiders back in 1984 did not have a parade. So this is the first for the city of Los Angeles. And the Rams are making their way to the Coliseum for a rally in front of the peristyle section of the Coliseum in front of the torch there. Um, let's now hear from a few of the Rams that were a part of their world championship win. Let's hear from um, Matthew Stafford. Cooper Cup and Vaughn Miller here on Parade Day here in Los Angeles. <laughs> this is going to be interesting, guys. Cooper, I, I I know you don't really like talking about yourself, but uh, the moment after you won Super Bowl MVP, what was just going through your head of basically just your entire career, no offers, zero-star recruit, all everything? I wasn't really where my mind was. Um, I was just looking at my family. Um, looking at my wife, my boys coming out here, everything they've sacrificed, um, that they've been through with me, that they've encouraged me through. Uh, you know, my wife's been with me since uh, senior year in high school. She's been through all of it. She's seen it all. She knows the sacrifices because she's lived the sacrifices herself as well. Um, 
I was just so it was so amazing being able to see them while I was up on that podium. Um, you know, there was a there was a, in 2019 we walked off the field that last uh, that last time after losing to the Patriots. I wasn't able to be a part of that thing. But I don't know what it was. There's just this vision. God revealed to me that we were going to come back. We were going to be a part of a Super Bowl. We were going to win it, and uh, and somehow, somehow, I was going to walk off the field as the MVP of the game. And I shared that with my wife because I couldn't tell anyone else, obviously, what that was. But from the moment this postseason started, there was just a belief. Every game, it was just, it was written already. Um, it was written already, and, and I just got to play free, knowing that um, you know I got to play from victory, not for victory. I got to play in a place where I was I was validated, not from anything that happened on the field, but because of my worth and in, in God and in my Father. And I'm just so incredibly thankful. I just in that moment you're talking about, I just felt like I I was just so undeserving of what that was in that moment because it was. I mean, the people that I've been able to play with, the people that I've been around, the players that I get to play with, to come into work with every single day, the coaches that I get to um, work with, to co collaborate with, it's just been just the perfect team, the perfect setup. Uh, I'm just so thankful for everyone that's been around me. It was, uh, I mean, it really, I don't know if it's, it still really hasn't hit me. How was, how was that vision revealed to you? How was that vision revealed to you? It was just walking off the field. It was, it was as clear as day. Um, I walked off the field, I turned around before walking back through the tunnel, and it just hit me. It was as clear as I could, as clear as I can see you guys here right now. Um, Cooper, can, pretty, pretty incredible. Can you walk us through your route uh, on, the, on the winning touchdown of what you're supposed to do on that play? It looks like you're trying to get leverage inside and then go outside. Yeah, we had a little run alert in. We can you know, call the run. If we get the look we want to, we'll get man or something. We get a zero. I think we ended up getting a zero on that one. Uh, you know, we're able to alert things, uh, alert and throw a little fade ball out there. Uh, you know, Eli Apple had been playing me pretty well the entire game. Um, really came up, challenged me. I'm um, doing a really good job with that. And uh, yeah, he you know covers zero. You got that inside leverage. So I tried to just weave to his leverage, make him you know move in a little bit, jab him one time, and be able to just give. Uh, Give Matthew some room to put the ball wherever he wanted to, and made a great, you know, back shoulder throw, and uh, was able to come down with it. Cooper, you had a you had a really for you a quiet two and a half quarters, three quarters, and then you you went off, and so did the offense in the fourth. I'm just curious, you know, was it hard to stay patient, knowing hey, this is a Super Bowl, I'm trying to make a play here, and then ultimately you make the biggest play in the game. Yeah, no, it's really about just trusting your guys. Um, I've said it all year. Whatever my <laughs> whatever's asked of me, whatever my job's going to be, you know, I just want to execute to the best of my ability. Um, you know, if that is, sometimes it's run blocking, it could be pass blocking, it could be just running to get someone else open, setting picks, whatever it is. I just want to execute my job to the best of my ability, and, and I trust that, you know, as the game goes on, I'll have opportunities as well, and I just want to stay ready for those things, stay locked in. You know, sometimes you're on the back side of a play, you, might, you, might, you know just based on coverage, the ball's not coming to you, but being able to work a good release, being able to work a good route, and... Um, have a little bit of recon to saying, you know, hey, when I come back to this, when it is time for the ball to come my way, I've set this DB up uh, in this way, and you know, just playing that game within a game. Cooper, you got that right. Cooper, yeah, Cooper, I read that that coming out of high school, you had no college offers, and now you're a Super Bowl MVP. What's that like? 
you know, it's, I don't really think about it. It's just part of my journey. You know, I was supposed to go to Eastern Washington. I've met so many great friends, so many guys and from my time at Eastern that were standing up there with me in my wedding. Um, lifelong friendships, even people, just the community at, in Cheney, Washington was able to make um, just relationships there. It was just a special place for me to be. I was surrounded by some really good people, some receivers and coaches that taught me a ton, challenged me and pushed me. That was just where I was supposed to be. So you know, I don't, I don't uh, hold any, I don't have any regrets or feel any grudge towards anyone. I'm just uh, thankful for the path that I've been on. Cooper, there, fourth down, down, on the fourth down where you, you ran for the, the first down, why did you think, uh, why did you guys think from a strategic standpoint that was a good call that would have a good chance of success? Yeah, you know, we try to kind of match it up, make it look like maybe there was a QB sneak coming, um, try to get guys to pinch and just get out on the edge. You know, the, the belief in Sean that I was going to be able to get the ball and just be able to get one yard, you know, that was really what it is. Try to get body on body, um, get me the ball on the edge and try to get one yard was the kind of the, the idea behind that. Cooper, Cooper Coach McVay. The only other receiver ever to win the Triple Crown Super Bowl MVP and offensive player in the Jerry Rice, you did it in a career, you just did it in a season. How, how can you put in perspective what this season was for you and, and how much it meant? Yeah, like I said, I, I just feel so undeserving of all these awards and accolades because I just feel like I've I've played from a I've played it from a place of freedom. I've just allowed myself to um, be in the moment every single time that there was going to be uh, that there was going to be guys alongside me to be able to make this thing come to life. It, I mean, I'm just so thankful for them. You know, this is it was, it was all these things are truly you know they're, they're team awards. You don't at receiver you don't you aren't a successful receiver without all the other ten guys on the field doing their job. So. Um, you know, each of the, each of those guys that stepped on the field, just so incredibly thankful for them. Cooper, Coach McVay said that you had some regulated looks in that last drive, looks that they weren't getting you earlier because you were getting doubled, you were getting zoned. What were those looks? What were those discussions like on the sideline? Yeah, well, Sean did a great job. We were kind of in a hurry up that whole last drive, being able to kind of keep them from setting some rushes, but also keep them in just zone calls where you can kind of put some pressure on them, you know, get calls that they just feel comfortable playing, um, you know, zone some stuff off, and allow uh, Matthew and I to kind of find some soft spots in there. Okay. Matthew, you're a world champion. How does it feel? It feels great. Um, just so happy to be uh Able to celebrate this with such great teammates and my family. People have been the most to me, and uh, just so proud of this group. It's uh, it's a special feeling. What was going through your mind at the end of that game? Um, you know that last drive was a special drive, one I'll never forget. Um, just so many great plays by so many great players, and um, that's a little scary. Um, stay right here, don't move, don't move. Um, just just so happy to get it done, and. Um, I don't know, it's, it's, I'm speechless. How's your ankle? How's your ankle? Oh, it's still attached, so we're good. <laughs> Can you talk about how much your family means to you right now in this moment? Yeah, I mean the most. Uh, just so fun to, uh, to be able to celebrate it with them. And uh, so many special teammates to celebrate it with, too. It's, uh, you know, in one year being able to get to know these guys the way I've gotten to know them, the way they've cared for each other and uh, played for each other is pretty special. After Udell, after Udell went out, how were you able to get the ball to Cup down the stretch? It was tough. You know, they played a bunch of man covers. They were doubling Coop on every third down. And, uh, you know, we just missed on a few plays here or there that could have been big plays for us. And we, uh, on that final drive, I thought Sean did an unbelievable job of letting us go out there and play with a bunch of tempo. Um, so many guys stepped up. Coop obviously had some huge plays, and then the game winner was uh, just icing on the cake. Who do you dedicate this big win? Who do you dedicate? Oh, I just, this is just a long time coming for a lot of guys. You know, this is Andrew Whitworth, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, so many great players, Robert Woods on our team, Cooper, so many guys that I could uh, that I could name that just 
they deserve this for the way they go to work every single day, the way they care about each other as, as teammates and people. Um, just so happy to get it done for those guys. But how about for you, Matthew? You had a long NFL career to finally get this opportunity and capitalize on it. What does it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's probably going to take some time. You know, I'm going to have to think about it. I know in the moment I was, uh, I didn't know what to think. I was just a little emotional and so happy to be, uh, you know, world champ. And, um, so happy to be a part of this group. I mean, that's the biggest thing. It's it's not me. It's not any individual on this team. We're a group. We're a team. And uh, to get it done together was so special. On a touchdown pass, what what opened up for you all on the touchdown pass at the end there? I was man coverage. Uh, no help over the top. And uh, Coop did a great job winning on his route. I tried to put it in a good spot, and he made a great catch. Did your wife tell you anything at the end of the game? Excuse me? Did your wife tell you anything at the end of the game? Uh, just proud of me, happy for me. You know, she's been with me uh, through all these years, and we battled so many things together. Um, you know, to get it done and have her down there with the kids and everything is uh, is such a special thing. Matthew, all the years in Detroit, I'm way over it. Yeah, they were unbelievable. They've been unbelievable all season. Um, you know, they played so good. Uh, I, to be honest with you, on that last drive, I couldn't watch. And uh, after that fourth down play, I kind of peeked up. I didn't even know it was fourth down, to be honest with you. And uh, I was talking to Coop, and he was like, I didn't know either. And uh, we just we couldn't watch. And how fitting for Aaron to do what Aaron does. And uh, he's been an unbelievable player, a Hall of Fame player in this league for so long. He's done everything right for this team and for this organization. And for him to come up and, and do what he does on fourth down to win it uh, means everything. I'm pretty confident. Um, he's an unbelievable player. I'm so proud of him. All the work that he puts in, the sacrifice, the time, the effort. Uh, it's just so uh, its so fun to get to go to work with him every single day and, and do what he does and watch him do his thing. It's, it's pretty special. Matthew, all the years in, in Detroit, was there ever a point that you thought this was never going to happen? And, and how did you keep plowing through thinking it might? Somehow? I love playing this game. Um, I love playing this game for the competition, for the uh, for the relationships, you know, for the hard times, you know, for the good times, all of it. Uh, this game can teach us so much as people. I get to go to work with people from all walks of life, come together and go for one, you know, one goal. And for 12 years, that goal wasn't reached. It tore me up inside, but I knew I could keep playing and, and try to find a way. And uh, you know, the fact that we reached that goal today is uh, is so special. Thank you, Grace, a little kid, a little kid, eight years old, that has cancer in Mexico, a little tough. Can you share some words for him? Eight year old, kid, cancer. Yeah, uh, you know, we're pulling for you, ma'am. We're thinking about you. I appreciate it. All set. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Matthew. Man, it just doesn't seem real, you know. Um, God is good, man. Um, it's an honor and a privilege to be here with all of these guys, man. Great culture here, great city. Um, I got great teammates. Um, thanks to Denver, man. Thank you to all the guys over there as well, man. It's been a crazy 365 days, man. The only way you can sum it up is, uh, you know, God is good. You know, they're a good team. They're a really good team. You know, Joe Burrow, great quarterback, was getting the ball out super fast. We just stuck to it. It wasn't a speech or nothing. We just stuck to it. We kept doing uh, the same things that we had been doing all season. We fought through adversity all season long. Just continued to take it one play at a time. We believed in a rush. 
believed in our process, believed in our teammates, and you know it, it worked for us, man. God is good. How's it going, Lindsey? <laughs> man, man, Aaron Donald is good, man. I don't think I've ever played for for more in my career, man. I was uh, playing for DT. You know, he passed away suddenly in December. I was playing for my son. Uh, he was born in August. Uh, playing for Trevor Mowad. He passed away at the, the, after the very first game of the season. Um, playing for all of my teammates here. There's so many... Um, so many hard workers, so many talented guys, so many guys on my team that was deserving of this moment, man. And it feels good to give it to them. It feels good to give it to Aaron Donald, Andrew Whitworth, Jalen Ramsey, all of these guys that have been working their whole careers to get to this point. You know, God is good. Juan, you, you have a shot at this, but when will it sink in that you were able to come here and actually get the time, do exactly what you planned to do when they traded you? Uh, you know, the crazy thing about me, I just believed it. I, I, I believed in Denver. You know, I believed that we was going to be able to get things right and make it to the Super Bowl. And, you know, I've always been optimistic like that. Came here, I had that same belief. You know, I believed in our team, believed in our quarterback, believed in our process and the culture here. And, you know, we just continue to take it one day at a time, one week at a time. You know, we, fe we fought through adversity. When I first got here, we lost three straight. We were able to rally, um, went on a streak, lost the last game of the season to a tough 49ers team, getting the playoffs, fought all through the playoffs. Get here to the Super Bowl. We had to fight to get the win today, man. We got a team full of fighters, man. It's an honor and a privilege to be here with all these guys. What, what do you think the second ring means for your legacy? Just individually? Uh, it, it feels great, man. It, it uh, you know, God is good, man. That's uh, that's that's all I can really say, man. Um, you know, it's just a blessing to be able to experience this. Um, you know, this is all God's plan. There's nothing that I did special. I just wake up. I try to be the same Vaughn every single day. Um. I believe in myself, man. I believe in, you know, the people around me. You know, I got a, a great support system from my mom, my dad, my brother, um, you know, my, my cousins, and, you know, my, my cameraman and my assistant and everybody that just believed in me. You know, I, 2000, the beginning of 2020, man, I, I you know, I dislocated my ankle the, the very uh, first week of the season. You know, um, everybody rallied around me. Everybody kept me up, man. It's been a crazy two years. You know, um, Yo, God is good, man. There's, there's really no other way to sum it up, man. It's just keep working, you know. Keep um, keep my head up, man. Um, just just keep praying. That's all you can really do, man. And it just it just feels good for it to happen. Bon, Errol, Errol do differently than other oh, he's he's just he's different, man. He's the truth, man. He does everything well. Um, he he never turns it off, you know. On the football on the football field, off the football field, in the locker room, you know, flying on the plane two games, flying on the plane away from games. Um, working out um, in meetings, you know, he's the same guy. He was determined for this moment, man. It, it feels good to be a part of, uh, you know, this win for him. Vaughn, Aaron apparently told Roddy Harrison that if you guys win, he might retire. I'm wondering if you had a thought on that. I, you know, I don't know, man. He's he's done everything you could possibly do. But this feeling right here is nothing like it. It's, it's addictive. You know, once you feel this, um, coming to the Super Bowl is one thing, but winning it is different. And, um, you know, we just had to see, you know, he's, he's done so much. But I tell you, this feeling is great. It just makes you want it more and more and more. Um, but he's definitely uh, capped off a great career if he, if he chooses to do that. But this is a, you know, this is a, a, a addictive feeling, man. And I just can't, uh, you know, see him walking away from this. I was just telling guys this is football heaven. Um, you know, maximum effort. Um... You know, you <laughs> you know, pressure is a privilege. You know, to, to be here and um, you know, to feel pressure, to feel nerves, that's what it's all about. Don't don't flinch, don't blink. And I think the guys did that from the coaching staff, from the trainers, from the, the equipment the equipment guys. 
you know, everybody that was involved, we didn't flinch. We just kept uh, fighting, man. We got a team full of fighters here, and, you know, it, it feels good to go out there and do it, man. But how fitting was it to have Aaron make the game play? What happened in that last year? We just rushing, man. We've been doing what we've been doing great all year. We're just rushing, you know, getting off on the ball. Um, taking it one play at a time, doing what we do best, you know, rushing the passer. You know, that's what I, that's what I do better than anything else in the world. I'm a great dad, I'm a great brother, I'm a great son, great teammate. But uh, rushing the passer in those moments, I, that's what I do better than anything else in the world, man. And it, it feels good to come out on top. Brian, what would you tell your newborn, what would you tell your child about this moment when you reflect back? Because obviously not going to remember. So what would you say? Man, uh, you know, um, just keep working, man. Um, just keep working. Um, you know, pressure is a privilege. Um, to fight through adversity. Um, you, it, it's never over till it's over. You know, I, I, I love you, Val. <laughs> you know, I can't wait for him to get older and, and then see this moment, man, and we sit down and we talk about it. He's going to be an offensive lineman, though. <laughs> My boy! I love you, Val. Appreciate you, man. Vaughn, what would you say to Man, he's a, he's, it's an emotional moment for him. You know, he was on his way, man. He was on his way to, you know, to have a Super Bowl MVP type of performance, man. But he got a ring, man. It's what we all came in for, man. Um, I love the guy to death, man. That's my boy forever. We, we, we forever etched in stone as Super Bowl champs. What did you guys Thank you. Do you think you guys wore down the uh, Bengals offensive line? No, nah, man, they had, they had a great game plan, and they executed it well, man. Joe Burrow's the truth. You know, he was getting the ball out so quick, man, getting to all those scared receivers, man. Shout out to the Cincinnati Bengals. They were a tough team. You see why they made it here. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, that was uh, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Vaughn Miller uh, talking after the Super Bowl championship. Uh, again, an exciting time in Los Angeles. Parade day here in Los Angeles. The Rams making their way from uh, the Shrine uh, next to the campus of USC, down Figueroa to the Coliseum, having a, a rally outside of the Coliseum. And so a, a cool moment for the city of L.A. to have a parade. Again, they did not have a parade in 2020. 16 months ago when the Lakers and the Dodgers won their championships, they get one today for their Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. And so, you know, just a, a fun day in Los Angeles. Not as warm as it was last week, but everyone's excited to be out on the streets today. All right, that's all the, the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson, court cases keep him guessing. Plea bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing. More to be free than a life in the pen Making money over cuss words Writing again Learn how to think ahead So I fight with my pen Late night down sunset Like in the sin What's the worst they can do To a player got me lost in hell To live and die in that lake On bail When everyone is on the same page Getting things done is easy Make a bigger impact at work With Grammarly Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner That enables your team to make their point And move faster you can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.